Good morning. Welcome to this episode of Enjoying an Encounter with Our God. Today we will talk about what God is doing and how He is working in our everyday. Holy Spirit, we invite you to have your way. God, we acknowledge you as higher than any other. We lift your name that is above every name over everything discussed. We pray for peace, calm, wisdom. We invite your truth to rule and reign and speak to our hearts and to propel us and compel us in that which we should do. We want no part in any political spirit, but only that which is from you. We lay down any unrighteousness. In Jesus' name, amen. Our challenge question is, how do you deal with what's happening in our world right now? Recently, as I was traveling, I spoke with a woman from another country who had immigrated to Canada. She shook her head and said with amazement, I wish I knew how to live like Canadians. They seem to be able to ignore life that is happening around them. She said that most whom she's met, or even through social media, do not want to talk about what's happening in the world right now. They just want to ignore it. And yet they'll talk for two hours about a kitchen renovation. I understand most of us are tired of what is happening, tired of seeing what's going on and hearing about it. But if we've learned anything in the last year, it is that this is not going away. The restrictions are only getting worse, even though the numbers are not. The indoctrination and fear-mongering are only worse. Hence why we are having lockdowns after a year, pastors being imprisoned, churches fined, curfews, and even checkpoints from province to province. You've seen YouTube videos of children that are crying into megaphones in front of their schools, asking parents why they don't care enough to fight for them. And a video of a woman that was over 90 who had had to wear a Star of David on her arm that had given people the right to spit on her and call her a dog. This dear woman was giving a speech and telling us that what's happening right now with these masks are worse, taking away our humanity and individuality and damaging our children. I came from Texas two months ago, and they are open, no masks, living in freedom with sun, people greeting and hugging and going to church, and zero COVID deaths since opening. It made me never want to come back to Canada, but the rest of my family is here. Yet my own country makes it so much more horrible to come back with rules and restrictions than when I enter the United States. Yet a Canadian government representative told me they have been allowing flights in from places that should have been banned from the beginning. We know this war was designed to divide. It's important that we discern truth. And when we have the understanding and revelation, it's just as important that we stand for it. If we don't discern the soulish realm and what is taking place, the manipulations and lies will be accepted, be it through a person, media, government, or even a church. If we don't use the wisdom and discernment of God, but instead allow ourselves to be seduced by our surroundings, that's deception. It's our responsibility to beware of what is happening around us and use God-given intellect. Why are so many things open and yet schools are closed and they are the least affected? Charlie Kirk quoted Dr. Larry Aaron in his book called Politics when he states, Tyrants preserve themselves by not letting there be any schools or collegial gatherings for leisure pursuits and doing everything that will keep all people unknown to one another as much as possible, since familiarity breeds mutual trust. He points out that the education is supposed to lead to truth, 
The actual word means lead forth. So schools and churches are supposed to lead us forth into truth. And then, through education, go forth and lead productive lives. Tyrants don't want us to do that. They don't want us to trust others. They want us dependent on them and their rules. We're seeing that happening right now with our own government. We were told to trust the science, but what they really meant was trust only the scientists that they like. They've politicized science. Science would have said, protect those that are over 60 and have vulnerabilities and need therapeutics and distancing. But instead, we tried to kill a mouse with a tomahawk missile, and then there's been great repercussions to all of the rest of humanity. If you're like me, you've been praying and fasting and Zoom prayer meetings, reading different sources of information, being intentional to not watch mainstream media, signing petitions, going to protests, calling our government officials, all to no avail. This narrative is marching on. Some have said this is God's judgment because of us killing over 60 million babies and many in the church not standing up even to vote for those who would not annihilate our children, not standing up to vote for those who would recognize that there are only two genders, not just according to God, but also according to science, an X and Y chromosome. Once again, Charlie Kirk points out that if these people can dispute that truth, what other truths are we willing to disregard? God instructs us to cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God for a reason. So what can we do? I was watching Fatine TV a few weeks ago and she shared that only 1% of Canadians voted in the last two elections. Paul tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And Lance Walno reminds us that the principalities are working through flesh and blood political, educational systems. So we have to engage those systems in order to take a stand against the powers. Fatine had a guest, um, Doug Sharp, of the National Leadership Briefing. They teach people how to get into politics, employ methods that will bring about change. And he said something very exciting. As people begin to understand their authority at different levels of government in a way that has its highest return on our time, whether it's civic, citizen authority, constituent authority, when they utilize their authority and see results, they get all fired up. It's the same when we use our authority in the kingdom realm. If all we can see is our time and negative circumstances in this realm, then we will walk in hopelessness and defeat. But when we understand we have authority to change things and pray God's heart over what's happening, it increases our faith. For example, on a national level, about 12 years ago, I had a very strange picture. I still remember I was sitting in my living room when I had a picture of molish men in tunnels. These little creatures had the bodies of moles, but the faces of men that were angry and derisive and upturned towards God in arrogance. As I prayed in tongues, I began to cry out for justice and that God would implode those underground networks, that he would uncover the hidden things of darkness and decimate them, that bombs would destroy their workings. Years later, I discovered this picture and this prayer was twofold. One was symbolic of underground evil dealings where arrogant men thought they were bigger than God and no one could see them. And secondly, 
actual underground tunnels with these arrogant evil men. And as I've been hearing for over a year, they are all over the world and they are being discovered and literally bombed. On a smaller scale of understanding our authority, but no less important, my daughter of three children, four and under, renting an 1,100 square foot townhouse called to tell me about the latest lockdowns. I was planning to go see them, but said I'd cancel if they were worried about fines. She said, no, just come. But just so you know, it's not pleasant. The kids cry a lot to go see friends or swimming in the library, but there's nowhere to take them. The house is still not going to be finished for a while due to COVID, and even parks have been closed. I could hear the defeat in her voice and said I was coming. As I packed, I was praying for God to release his peace over the children and calm and for me to bring joy and help. I also cried out, God, your children did not have to endure the plagues of the Egyptians. We are having to endure what the enemy is doing through leadership in our country. If you can do something to ease my child's suffering right now, please do it and release it now. About two to three hours later, I read a text saying that the playground lockdown had been lifted. Given that she takes them to the playground, this was several huge blessings on an emotional level, physical level, so many things. So what we can do is recognize that our God is a God of hope. He is moving and working on our behalf. He does care about our everyday praise and worship about who our God is and using our authority and praying our God's heart, understanding it may look different than we imagined. Just this week, we heard lockdowns have been extended. I cried out to God again, what are we to do with all the craziness of this world? Rockets, vaccine passports for experimental vaccines that don't even prevent you from giving it or getting it? Volcanoes, lockdowns, pastors being imprisoned, as we talked about, other churches defending the government for locking those pastors down instead of standing up with them. What happened to the sermons about being like Daniel when he was trapped by evil men who got the government to mandate that he could not pray? He did not obey government and stop praying. He didn't do anything violent, but he kept worshiping God and serving God. And he was imprisoned for it with a bunch of lions. Yet God took care of him and protected him. It's God's mandate that we gather. As Aristotle said, familiarity breeds trust. And that trust among individuals is the opposite of what the government is trying to do in regard to causing us to spy and be suspicious and angry toward one another. Mario Murillo reminds us, we didn't get involved with politicians. The politicians got involved with us. Politics has invaded every facet of our lives. We can no longer afford not to care or be too busy or ignore it. We must take responsibility first to realize who to trust. If we are being blocked from reading something, ask yourself why. It's our job to educate ourselves on why the economy is being shut down, why we are facing laws that are changing many social issues with gender mutilation, euthanasia, education, And it's our job to keep making a simple phone call telling our government representatives that we, the constituents, disagree with what is going on and that we want an answer on how we can respond to what is happening. And most importantly, never stop talking to God about it all, which is different than worrying or rehearsing these narratives in our heads. So again, I asked God, what are we to do? And that night, all through the night, 
I kept waking up and hearing a song repeating in my head, Be still, my soul, and rest in him. The wind and rain still know his name. Second Chronicles 7.14 reminds us that God is telling his people what he will do to them if they forget him. But then he follows it with a promise. Again, there's always hope and promise with our God. Then, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sins and restore their land. Let's praise, worship, and declare that just as the wind and rain are subject to our God, so are our our everyday issues. Let's invite him in. God, our God, we praise you. There is no God like as unto our God. You are our only hope. You are our salvation. You are our joy. You are our peace. We exalt you, God, and we magnify you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for your power and light. We thank you that we serve the God of hope and power and love and promise. We trust in you and we will not be afraid. You are our strength and our song, and it is you who gives us victory. We pray for us to see what you would have us see and ears to hear what you would have us hear and the heart to pray according to what you would have us pray. Take us where you need to take us in the spiritual realm, God. We'll sing and praise the name of our God. And thank you for you have done marvelous things. You hear us and you answer. Oh God, we are crying out to you for help. We repent for having largely forgotten who you are, for indulging in so much of our own lives that we've neglected you. We don't only want to give you time during one Sunday morning a week. We want to wake with you and walk with you throughout the day and pray your heart and minister your love to our neighbors and those who we meet on the street or in the grocery store, extending the kindness and grace of our God to those who are hurting or angry or lonely. You express in your word, woe to those who issue oppressive decrees and deprive the poor of their rights and withhold justice from the oppressed. What will you do on the day of reckoning? God, we cry out for that reckoning to come. Repeatedly used even evil men to bring justice against other evil men. And you said it was by the strength of your hand and by your wisdom, because you have understanding of all things going on. You are light. I pray that you will become a fire that will consume the evil and administer justice. God, we thank you that you are not a far-off God. You are close and you minister truth, justice, and righteousness. God, we truly rely on you. Carry out the many decrees that your godly remnant have been proclaiming. Let the nation see and rejoice in what you have done and who you are. Like the parting of the Red Sea for Israel, we pray that you will make known your works around the world, for great is the Holy One of Israel. We exalt you and we praise you and invite you into our homes and into our nation. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.
Thank you again for partnering with us in prayer and for sharing with others so they can join us on Google, Spotify, or Apple at Enjoying an Encounter. May you be blessed with knowing who our God is and that He is in control of our todays and our tomorrows.